0: You should be saving about 5% for profit. Now, this is the money that's for you. Your profit comes first. You wanna make sure that you give yourself those bonuses because nobody else is gonna do it for you. Could you take that $50 and put it towards the social media subscription plan that you've been wanting to dive into a little bit more that will actually help your business? Welcome to Sorted, a podcast for creatives, by creatives. I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. So get your coffee ready and let's get sorted. Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Sorted. We have an amazing episode planned for you today. It's something that I am so passionate about so I cannot wait to dive in. Today's episode is all about the money, baby. We're going to be diving into crash courses. We're going to be diving into pricing, hourly, value base, all the good stuff. And so first we wanted to give a little disclaimer. We are
1: still both figuring this shit out too. These are just kind of our opinions about money. Obviously we are both just two little graphic designers. We don't really know much about money, <laughs> <laughs> but we did want to give a quick shout out to last season. We did an episode with our favorite person on this planet, Britt from Countless. So if you would like some pro advice, maybe check out that episode. But this is just kind of talking about, I think it's really important to talk about money and to talk about, you know, have the conversation flowing about pricing. And, you know, Alex and I are both really passionate about talking about money with each other. And we talk about pricing with each other all the time. So, you know, just wanted to kind of talk about some things we've learned and some things that we think are important for you know everyone to know and empowering people to talk about money too
0: <laughs> yes it shouldn't be a hush hush shove it under the pillow kind of topic it should be theory out in the open especially us as artists and designers um, there's no set price for these kinds of things and so if we don't talk about it how are more people supposed to know what you know industry prices or what Um, you are worth if nobody talks about it so there's a few things first right off the bat that we want to talk about in the sense of owning your own business and how to deal with money in that sense of what expenses do you have how do you do your business bank accounts your subscriptions and talking about Emma's going to walk through her wish list system and rewarding yourself as an entrepreneur because sometimes we are so heads down in our work paying for the bare minimum that we need to pay for and not really rewarding ourselves as entrepreneurs and if patting ourselves. We don't give ourselves a bonus. Who is going to yes. give us a bonus? So, Exactly. So we're so excited to dive into all those things. But first things first to start off with, one of the things that you want to make sure that you do is have a separate business bank account. Even if you don't have your LLC registered, even if you don't legally have your business name, taken or accounted for, you want to make sure that you are paying for everything in your business with your business bank account. Because if you go months or an entire year without having those two separated, that's going to be hell trying to go through all of your bank statements and trying to figure out what was actually for the business and what was a personal expense. So a lot of banks offer this for free or for a very small amount of money to open up a separate business bank account. Even having it just under your own personal bank, maybe it's a separate account that way. Again, please refer back to our episode with Brittany from Countless to hear more about the legality side of that. But bottom line, have everything separate. Yeah. And what Alex said, it doesn't have to be, you know,
1: a business account. It can be just like a regular account with Bank of America and it's just where you keep your business money. Or it can be, you know, there's a bunch of different options. There's a lot of free business accounts. You have to have an LLC or like an EIN number to set them up. But there's Relay. There's Novo. There's a bunch of different options that are like free online banks for small businesses. And then also along with having a separate business account is also having a separate business credit card because if you're spending money you want to make your money work for you and by having a business credit card you can get points and especially if you're traveling for business or if you're have a lot of subscriptions and things like that like making sure that that money you're spending is doing something for you so there's a couple options for that too there's MX has a free it's like blue it's a blue business card or I forget what the exact name of it's called we'll have a link below but it's a free business credit card and it's the same thing though you don't it doesn't have to be a business credit card you can just open up another credit card card or if you have a credit card already open if you have like two credit cards just clear the account and pay it off and then have all your business expenses going on to that one card that's just under your name but it's just keeping things separate keeping you know church and state business and personal keeping them separate sorry if there's any city sounds in my background it seems to be going crazy mm-hmm. today but yeah so also with having those accounts is even though you're putting them onto separate cards, you still have to track those expenses. So making sure that you're tracking, you know, if you want to do it on a good old trusty a spreadsheet, a Google doc, a Google, you know, sheet notion, you can do it. In any of those, Alex and I both use wave it's free and it's amazing. You can track your personal and your business expenses there. So it's really nice because it's just all one place and yeah. And that way it makes it really easy for you when it comes to tax season. And if you hire an accountant or if you do it yourself, it just makes it a little bit easier also with your expenses, part of your expenses are these write-offs and so this is something that I feel like there's a lot of jokes about it, what a write-off is, what the fuck you can write off, what it means, mm-hmm. but just making sure that you know that a write-off doesn't mean it's free, <laughs> it just means it's uh, tax-deductible and, you know, again, refer back to that episode with Britney for some more legality of it, but just making sure that you're aware of what a write-off is and exactly what it means and watching your business spending just because it's on the business account doesn't mean it's like not your money it's something alex and i are mm-hmm. both like we're both very frugal uh, frugal business owners and we watch yes. you know all those things but making sure to watch you know your
0: subscriptions and you know what you're buying and also i'm not sure of the exact numbers but For instance, when you're writing off a meal that you have with a client or a coffee that you have with a coworker, that's going to be a different percentage write-off as your Adobe Illustrator subscription. So again, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that meal write-offs, it's not 100% a write-off. So those kinds of things, you have to make sure that you're not just writing off all of these meals because you think it's basically free for you that's not the case at all that will really make you think of hey can I afford to go out with a client every single day of the week and take them out for coffee or take them out to lunch every single day of the week because like Emma said just because it's a write off does not mean it's free and then this also leads into all the subscriptions you have all the things that you pay for for your business and really thinking is it worth it do I absolutely need this to run my business now at first you're definitely going to be a lot more frugal than maybe years down the road when you have a lot more money build up you have more consistent clients but definitely things to think about like is this new popular stanley cup really worth it because essentially yeah you can write it off for your business if that's your office water bottle (laughs) you know but is that absolutely worth it and is that going to change the way that you do business or could you take that i don't even know how much stanley cups are 40 50 i think yeah i think like 50 bucks could you take that 50 dollars and put it towards the social media subscription plan that you've been wanting to dive into a little bit more that will actually help your business so those are the kinds of things to think about when just thinking about your money and the different write-offs that you have and thinking about what you absolutely need or what you can probably live without
1: Yeah. If I come across something I really, really want, I put it into kind of like a wish list. I, again, Notion, Notion, Notion. (laughs) I use Notion for Mm -hmm. it. I have a visual board so I can see like a picture of the item. I put the price and I put like what category. So if it is a work purchase, is it a personal purchase? Is it a pair of shoes? Is it for my health? You know, whatever it is, I kind of categorize it. I put it in the doc. And it also sometimes gives me that little serotonin boost that shopping does. It's, it's, you know, it's still that, you know, organizing. I kind of see the items. Obviously I'm not going to get the item, but it kind of gives me that same like little, little boost of happiness that I found this item that I love. And I'm going to be able to like look at it and kind of figure out if I want it. And so if it's something that like, I don't do this for everything, but if it's something that, you know, I need to think about for a little bit, I'll put it in there, and I will, like, set a reminder of, like, okay, in 30 days, if I still want this, I can buy it, and so I did that with the Stanley Cup, and then I realized, "Mm, I know the Stanley Cup is, like, such a stupid, weird uh, example, and hopefully everyone gets it, because it's, like, I feel like they're everywhere Mm -hmm. these days, but then i thought about it and i was like no i have a perfectly good water bottle i don't need this cup um it's not gonna make me drink more water i drink plenty of water as is so i don't need it but what i also do with this brushless system is i will pick out an item sometimes i do it quarterly sometimes i do it monthly depending on the cost of the item for january i'm gonna be traveling for work a lot in february so i wanted a new like carry-on bag because um, i always just use like my my backpack from ikea and so i could use something that's like a little bit nicer when traveling for work so i put the base i think that's how you say it it's like a shane mitchell's brand but i wanted their weekender bag that's like really fits really well for like carrying my laptop and my headphones and stuff for the plane so yeah so that was like my january reward item so what i had to do to get to be able to buy that item at the end of january was cross off all my goals for the month, my to-dos, and my reward system that I set at the beginning of the year. So for me, it's kind of hitting some daily habits, hitting a couple, you know, reoccurring monthly goals, saving a certain amount of money every month, volunteering, different categories of personal and work. But hitting, I kind of blend my goals together in that system, but having... You know a certain checklist that you have to hit and if you hit it you get to buy yourself that item or if you're not you know if you don't want to buy yourself an item it can be giving yourself a bonus it can be you know there's a lot of different kind of rewards it doesn't even have to be an item like for me a lot of times it's like getting a facial or getting a massage or Mm -hmm. getting my nails done or different things like that so it's just kind of kind of setting up a reward system for yourself as an entrepreneur that gives you some kind of incentive for hitting those goals Mm -hmm. other than just making money this is something i developed after like a year of working for myself and just kind of wanting i don't know just having friends getting bonuses and having you know I don't get to go on these like happy hours and fun things with my colleagues so Mm it kind of gave me just a little
0: incentive I think it's also really important to attention to where your money is going not only hey this subscription is $12 a month my adobe is however much money a month not those kinds of things but actually where your money is going like what percentage is going towards your expenses what percentage are you paying yourself and one resource that we absolutely love and we dived more into this in the countless money episode from season one but it's this book and this system called profit first it's by Mike Michalowicz I believe is how you pronounce his last name and he has this book it's also an audiobook too that I listened to that really dives into kind of how to pay yourself you know we don't get bonuses we don't work for corporate America or get all these incentives all the time so it's important to track where your money is going so just to give you an example in this kind of chart that was in the book let's say you make zero to 250k. You should have roughly, and now everybody's going to be different, but this is a good rule of thumb that he put in the book, 30% of that should go to your operating expenses. You should be saving up for to pay your taxes quarterly or annually. 15% of that should be accounted for taxes. Owner's pay should be 50% and then you should be saving about 5% for profit. Now, this is the money that's for you. Your profit comes first. You want to make sure that you give yourself those bonuses because nobody else is going to do it for you. Save up that money to then treat yourself for a massage, a facial, that new treadmill that you've been Running. Is Peloton even cool anymore? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Peloton that you've been that you've been saving for. So again, just to pay attention to where all your money is going, and these percentages are a great rule of thumb to live by. Obviously, yours might be a little bit different, but we highly would recommend the book Profit First.
1: Yeah, and kind of another percentage method. I don't know who came up with it, or like. Where it originates from, but I know that Elizabeth Warren popularized it. But it's the 50, 30, 20 split. 50% is your living expenses, your rent, your groceries, your health care things like that. Then 30% is your wants. So that's you know your entertainment budget, your eating out, your going out budget, things like that. You're going to the movies, all those things. And then 20% is savings. And so that kind of helps too within your your spending of like where things kind of overlap and so just another kind of framework for money and then also another book i just wanted to mention which is called the financial feminist it's a book that tori denlap just came out with she has a podcast called her first 100k which we're actually going to dive into right now but i think that her book and her her methodology is really helpful for uh, fellow women entrepreneurs so it's definitely something to check out especially because as we all know women notoriously ask for less money make less money are less confident about money so all the resources we can help you know everyone with with that flaw in our system um is mm-hmm. is, is, is great and also it's supporting a fellow entrepreneur so we love that A hot take talking about Tori's for her first 100k isn't really kind of it's that's different because she saved 100k that's kind of where her name comes from but there is this rhetoric this motif if you will throughout fellow entrepreneurs throughout you know the the course sellers online that you need making $10,000 a month and that you need making 100k 100k is this magic number and when you hit it you are successful. And if you're not hitting 100K, you're not successful. And so Alex and I have a hot take on this and it's something we talk about a lot, but we are part of the
0: anti-10K club. (laughs) Yes, this is a topic that I am very passionate about, will probably get a lot of hate for it, but these are just my opinions and how I feel about it. Because like Emma said, for some reason, this is just a very hot topic in the entrepreneur community right now. It seems like since COVID hit, more and more people are coming out with these courses, are preaching to you on all social media platforms that you need to be making 10k a month or the There'll be videos on how I went from making 3k a month to 10k a month. And it just feels like it's very scammy in the sense of they want you to get fast money. And then so all of these people, these new entrepreneurs, I don't want to say all, a lot of these people and entrepreneurs want fast money right that's what this new generation is kind of all for they want fast money and they want it now well one thing that they don't really realize is that fast money doesn't always mean long-term success so if you make 10k right now as you scale up your business that might be the only 10k month that you make the logic behind these 10k clubs or you know, six figures in one year is just very loosey-goosey to me. There's really no strategy behind it, and I almost want to, like, buy one of these courses that people offer just so i can see exactly what they're saying to others and what they're preaching because everybody's business is going to look different i just don't understand how you could sit there and preach to people that 10k is this magic number like where did you come up with 10k where did you come up with six figures in one year and my life is amazing and because i guarantee you that six figures before taxes. So keep that in mind too. I think that also going off of what Alex said that
1: a hundred K, both of us aren't saying that like we don't want to make a lot of money and that like we don't think that's a lot of money or anything like that. It's just that this is not this is just some arbitrary goal that like I feel like everyone kind of just pushes. And like I think that this specific number just comes with a lot of scammy rhetoric and a lot of scammy mm-hmm. courses and people that are trying to make their hundred K off of you. So I think our I guess our kind of just note of this anti-10K club is that we just want to give a warning to entrepreneurs that are starting out or if you're like us and you're a couple years down the line, just that, you know, that's not the measure of success that everyone measures up to. And I think that it's just important to make sure not only for these type of courses, there's a lot of courses out there. We talked a lot about courses last season on our last episode, but just making sure that you are evaluating online courses and Mm -hmm. actually doing your research into who hosts them and like why if they're actually worth it for your business because I
0: think that courses promise a lot and
1: Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't follow through
0: and I also recently saw this I don't even know if you would call it a statistic it might have even been an opinion of another designer but they said that all of these not all. I keep saying all. I don't mean to put everyone in the same category, but the majority of course offers that I see on the internet are (laughs) making their six figures off of you buying their course. So it really doesn't make sense that they're over here kind of preaching and offering this you make 100K off of your service when they aren't even making 100K off of their service. They're making 100K by you buying their online course.
1: things up all things money show us the money baby all the money the one million dollar pinky up conversation I (laughs) think that the most important thing and also the most I think that most thing people struggle with is pricing I think that it's the first question I know that I was googling like what should I charge for my services when I was starting out I was like i just didn't even know where to begin and alex went to school for design and she can tell you it's not something they they taught you in school they didn't teach you how to price your services or really even talk about you know your you know if you're going to freelance how to do this so it's something that we're both again another passion of ours is talking about pricing and making sure that you're you're getting what you're worth for your services but one of the best things i think alex and i both do is value-based pricing it is pricing based on the value that you're providing to the person that you were coming to. this is something we both kind of picked up along the way. i think we both really mainly picked it up from the chutzpah book and course. they really talk about it because it's something they're both passionate about and something that we love that they kind of preach. but it's that if a small mom and pop business comes to you and they're like, hey, we want to rebrand our restaurant, you're going to charge x amount of money. But if a big, huge conglomerate comes to you and they're like, hey, we want you to brand our business, you're not gonna charge those two clients the same amount of money. You're providing the same service technically, but you're not providing, it's a different value. You know, the the mom and pop business, you know, that's something that I, I love working for the mom and pop, but yeah, if a big company wants to come along and pay me three times the price for, you know, I'm just picking out numbers, but three times the price for the same work, like, heck yeah, I'm going to take that project on too, if it, if it aligns with my values and something I'm interested in doing, but making sure that your pricing, you know, there's like a, a, a gauge on your pricing for those type of projects is really important. And it kind of gives you the flexibility to work with, you know, a lot of different types of businesses, size and size-wise and, uh, you
0: know, project-wise. Yeah. And I also think too, Talking about value-based versus hourly, like Emma said, value-based has a right time and place for specific projects, but there are some times that hourly is kind of the route to go. And I know some people would disagree, but it's what's worked best for me and my business, so I'll speak on my experiences. But there have been projects that I've personally never taken on before. So for instance, like the first time I ever did a magazine ad, Right. I had never done one of these before, so I had no idea really what to charge. So what I did was I just picked my hourly rate, what I had been charging for that year, and that helped me gauge, you know, okay, how long is this going to take? What exactly does this entail? Are there restrictions on printing and more back end stuff that goes into this with the planning? So that gave me the flexibility to charge hourly. Then when another magazine ad came on my plate down the road i could charge value-based pricing because then i know how fast i can work on these what i feel comfortable what it's worth to the business you know and thinking about how much are they gonna be baking off of this ad how many people are going to see this ad that will then reach out to them for their service or their business. So then that's the return on investment, right? So those are all things that you can think about. And a golden rule that I have, and I know Emma has too, is to do a project around three times before setting a package price. So in this case, maybe doing three magazine ads before you're setting that value-based pricing so you can see exactly how long it's taking you, what it all entails, so then you can up with a comfortable package price for that specific project
1: yeah and then there's also a lot of work that I do still and I I'll always do it an hourly rate and not a per item rate because and I also will have like a higher hourly rate for certain things like for example merch designs I charge almost double my hourly rate for that type of project because I'm designing something that someone's going to be selling so it's not about being greedy or about you know I need more money because they're making money. It's because, you know, it's, again, that value base. They're getting so much more value out of... It's not a design that's just, you know, going one place. It's a design that's going on. A cup, a sweatshirt, a hoodie, you know, whatever it's going on that they're then making money off of. So making sure that as a designer, you're being paid what you're worth and what you know value you're adding to a project is really important. So also with pricing, there's a lot of different resources that are helpful for just finding a baseline when you're starting out. Freelancing Females, they have a great resource that it's a like a document that you can when you you join you can sign up to get it and so but it would say new york city graphic designer branding and then it gives your price it gives prices and so it has thousands and thousands and thousands of entries of people all over the world what they do and what they charge and for me it was like crazy because i was like did you charge twenty five thousand dollars for what like you know it was just kind of a a nice gauge of how and it also has um years of experience on there so it kind of shows just kind of a good a good range of pricing another one is ladies get paid it's a great resource online and they have a slack channel and you can kind of ask in there and then another uh, resource and shameless plug is the Golden Arrow guild slack channel it's free to join and people ask in there all the time like how much they should charge for a project or you know if anyone has any you know resources for a specific type of project or anything like that so just having some kind of community where you can ask if your pricing is you know on par for what you're charging and what you're being asked to do and making sure also within your pricing that you're setting limitations of you know revisions and feedback loops and things like that that's also a big part of pricing is making sure that it's not just like this open-ended five grand for you know 100 hours work you know you want to make sure that there are limitations to the work you're providing for a set price so yeah that's kind of our notes for pricing i know it's like such a hard thing to figure out but also it's one of those things that it doesn't have to be set in stone i know for me when i was first starting out Mm -hmm. every project i got i was kind of giving different prices to just kind of gauge like what the interest and what the climate was like for different project types and also for raising your prices for my first like two years of working for myself i was raising my prices almost every project i got and so I think now at this point, my kind of gauge for raising my prices is oh, if I'm so busy that I am turning down work, that's when I raise my prices at this point in my, in my career, mm-hmm. because I kind of do that value-based pricing set on like an hourly rate scale. So if I'm doing a branding screen, I know it's going to take me 30 hours. I That's kind of like how I will kind of gauge my prices and my my package prices. But I think that it's good to remember that you know they're not set in stone and making sure that you're raising them when it's appropriate.
0: I love that. I completely agree with everything you just said, (laughs) and I work very much in the same way. And one other thing that I would love to add when talking about pricing is when focusing on hourly rates, you shouldn't be punished for working fast. So that's something that you'll find when you get better at whatever you're doing, whatever program that you're working in, you'll tend to do things faster than maybe you did a year or two ago and you shouldn't be punished for working fast so then that might be an instance where value-based pricing is more important than hourly-based pricing We hope that you got a lot from this episode. I know it was kind of all over the place. It's a bunch of things that we have talked about in previous episodes. The main takeaways for this one is making sure to separate church and state. Have that separate business account. Track all of your expenses. We love WAVE. It's free. And just because it's a write-off doesn't mean that it's free. The other hot topic was the anti- 10k club. Just making sure that you do your research with these online courses and seeing the person actually behind the course, viewing their work, listening to testimonials from others who have taken their course before. And just remember that fast money doesn't always mean long-term success. And then the final one that we wrapped up with is value-based pricing versus hourly pricing. There's no right or wrong answer Just do whatever works best for you and make sure that you determine if hourly rates are the best for that certain project or if you should jump into more value-based pricing. So we hope that you enjoyed this week's podcast and we cannot wait to chat next week. Bye. Bye.
1: For more Sorted content, follow us on Instagram at sorted.pod.
0: Also, if you enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a review. It means so much. Sorted is hosted by Alex Pizak and Emma McGoldrick. Produced and edited by Carrie King. Marketing and graphic design by AP the Creative and ESM Creative Studio. Photography by Hannah Hunt. And music by Dam Dharmawan. Huge thanks to all the people that made Sorted happen and to you for listening. See you you next time. time.